Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have made it to the SEC in our head coach rankings week. The last four days we covered the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12, so be sure to check those episodes out if you haven't already. Let us know in the comments below your thoughts on this list. And Trey, who is uh, our worst coach for now in the SEC? Yeah, at this point, you had to take kind of the worst team, new coach, Clark Lee for Vanderbilt. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying good things about him and how he's handling becoming a head coach for the first time, but with no coaching history data points to go off of and, and obviously Vanderbilt being one of the worst or, or the toughest job in the SEC, you kind of had to default, uh, him here, unfortunately, but he has a good track record on defense, uh, and Commodore fans are just hoping he can grab some of that pixie dust that James Franklin used, uh, a, a ways back. Yeah, that's a, that is a tough spot. I mean, you know, it's his alma mater, so he's going home. Hopefully they can get some, stir up some interest there, um, and maybe get some recruiting up, up there, but, uh, tough gig, tough gig. Um, they did right. just put in a pretty big investment, it looks like, into, into yeah. athletics, so that, that should help. True. That's true. They did. Uh, all right. Let's move on to, uh, number 13 here, though. Um, we have Shane Beamer getting hired, uh, at South Carolina. Uh, another another new coach here. It's tough to judge. Uh, you know, it's we kind of always say, but the these new coaches are hard to hard to give a good good grade on. So, you know, he did get great experience the last few years uh, working under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I wish he was either an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator uh, in the past, but he's he's only been a position coach um, and slash associate head coach, whatever that means. I, can you tell me what that means? You get paid more. <laughs> okay, but like, I don't know. I, I just would rather him be like an offensive mind. It's like, oh yeah, he's so good. Or a defensive coach that just was really good, but he wasn't either. Uh, he does have a name and he does have some, some pedigree at least a little bit. Uh, so hopefully that pans out for South Carolina, but it's, again, it's just hard to know. I mean, he could be doing great, but, uh, you can't, I mean, I can see why he's ahead of Clark Lee, but other than that, Hard to put him higher than 13. I, I agree with that because number 12 on our list is Josh Heupel at Tennessee, and he's at least been been decent so far as a, as a head coach. He was 28 and eight at UCF, and you know I know he took over a great program from Scott Frost, but 28 and eight's not bad, especially when you consider he was had really bad luck in close games, one and five in games decided by three points or in overtime. So. If he had you know more average luck, the re- record would look really good. So he seems decent at the very least. He's a an exciting offensive coach. So yeah, indeed. Moving on to number eleven, Sam Pittman of Arkansas. So we learned a lesson last year, boys. Uh, we put him in you know by putting him at the bottom. Uh, he did a great job <laughs> of putting high quality assistants around him. And even has done pretty well in, uh, in the recruiting department. You know, the Razorbacks, they were much better on the field last year and they were really better than their record showed. Uh, lost a couple or a couple just absolute heartbreakers and even scared Georgia in the first half of their, their game last season. You know, if per, if Pittman can turn a couple of those, those close games into victories this next year, he might be onto something in Fayetteville. Yeah, this is a strong number 11 because 
Arkansas had one SEC win the previous three years combined, and year one he goes three and seven. He put together a really good coaching staff. Um, and what's odd is all of us had him tenth on our list, but yet he ended up eleventh when you kind of averaged all of our oh, rankings together, which like seems impossible, seems but it, that's what happened. Math. All right. Well, math. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can't figure that out in my head. Maybe, my, maybe <laughs> can my I? Head. But I double checked oh, okay. it. I was like, it's right. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, he's he's done a good job so far, no doubt about it. Um. Okay. Let's move on here to our number ten. We got Eli Drinkowitz, uh, coaching at Missouri. Um, he did a great job as far as you know his offensive coordinator days back at NC State. I always reference that he did a great job with Ryan Finley, made him super efficient. Great job, did a good job with his one year, twelve and one at Appalachian State, and then this first year here at Mizzou, going five and five. That's a solid record, of course, in the SEC and uh, first year program coming over on especially COVID year. That, that was, that was a, a decent start. Recruiting's all right. You know, it didn't quite finish top 25. I think it was about 28th, which, okay. You know, I, he it was good. Really, that for Missouri, like he, he stepped yeah, it up. Yeah, for Mizzou, that's, that's not bad at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's SEC, which means I think that was like 10th, 9th or 10th as Probably far as SEC like that, goes. But... Yeah. Um, so you, you know, I would hope maybe in the long run you can jump up into the top 25. Um, especially if he gets more, you know, get connections there. But as far as first year goes, you, you can't be disappointed with a five and five year, uh, first year head coach during the circumstances that he was dealt with. So, um, again, I, I, a strong number 10 here for, um, the SEC. I, yeah, I was really impressed with them last year. They just had a different look and feel when you watch them. Um, I'm more of a believer in them than I was at this point last year. Yeah, they were, I think their season win total, they were projected to go get like three wins or something. So it was a, a fine start. Uh, but going to number nine, it is Brian Harson at Auburn. And he won, uh, double digit games pretty much every year at Boise State. But I guess he's as low as he is just because Boise feels like one of those programs that anyone there, it seems like they're going to have success. The last several coaches have. Um, so. If you're an Auburn fan, you're just hoping he's closer to piss. <laughs> to piss Chris Peterson <laughs> or piss Peterson. His his harsh nemesis. Wow. Wow. Uh, you hope he's really not piss Peterson. You hope he's Chris Peterson. That's yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I meant to say. That's I was absurd. I was going to throw Dan Hawkins in there, but I like piss Creterson. <laughs> yeah. I hope he doesn't pee his pants right. when he goes out in the field. So. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, I had him lowest. Uh, I had him, uh, I had him at 11th. And it's mainly just because of the reasons why you said, Michael. Uh, you know, he did an okay job at Arkansas State, you know, before he took the Boise State. He went 7 5, which, you know, Arkansas State was actually a solid program back then. Uh, well, still is, but, uh, and then, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. The jury's so still out on him. I mean, he did a good job at Boise, but it wasn't like he did better than, you know, Chris Peterson did. He, you know, so it's just a hard, what a judge and going to Auburn where you got to compete in the SEC and we know how's as we're listing here. That is a tough gig as far as coaches you're going up against. These are some really, this is the best conference as far as coaches. So it is a massive uptick as far as who he's going up against. I'm not sure he's up to it, uh, which is why I've had him at 11. Tough one to gauge. Um, moving on to number eight, Mark Stoops of Kentucky. You know, a few years ago, 
he was on the hot seat and he's pulled off some, some great seasons since then. He won, he's won three straight bowl games, 10 wins with Benny Snell a few years ago, had eight more a couple years ago with a whiteout at quarterback for most of it. Um, the recruiting has improved a little bit, but expectations are now starting to get there and we'll see how much better he really can make Kentucky. I, I think he might be around his ceiling, but again, not all that bad given Kentucky's, you know, semi recent history. Yeah, he's just, he's been very solid. Took him a little while to get going, but he didn't take over a, a great program. And he's got them basically at the level that Rich Brooks had them in the middle of his tenure, which is good. Yeah, I, you know, he's been solid. You can't, you know, he's 49 and 50 overall, which I mean, at Kentucky, considering it t- didn't take over the best thing, that's, that's not bad. He's, uh, I mean, I'm not sure I'd give him a ton of credit for having a decent year with essentially, uh, Wide receiver playing quarterback. I'm, I would hope he would uh, have a quarterback playing quarterback. Well, uh, yeah, there was uh, they had an injury, and but he won eight know, games with him. He's, he's got to improve the offense, though. That yeah, that that's true. kind of my point. Like <laughs> Terry uh, yeah. Wilson, eh, you know, let's uh, let's improve that offense a bit. But hey, he's he's definitely uh, done a solid job at Kentucky. There's no doubt about it. Um, but let's move on to. Uh, a guy that's had some success at a couple of brute stops in his career, Mike Leach, uh, uh, coaching now at Mississippi State here at number seven. Uh, yeah, what else can you say other than the fact that he's one of two places that are extremely tough to win, Texas Tech and Washington State? He turned those programs into very good programs, some of their best years that they've ever had. Um, now, the question always was when he got hired by you know Mississippi State is, can he do it in the SEC? Obviously, jury's still out. First year was... About-ish what you would expect. I mean, they obviously got off to a great start with the one win at LSU, but we knew LSU was not the LSU of old. But the jury is still still uh, to, to be debated. But you have to appreciate the longevity and how well he's done at other places. So I think that's why we have him at least you know relatively high here just because of his proven track record overall. And we think, at least I do, there's going to be some success there at Mississippi State. Yeah, it's very difficult. I I'm a big Leach fan, but I actually had him the lowest of us. I think I put him at around 11. Uh, I think he, I mean, overall, he generally is underappreciated just because people kind of focus on his, you know, odd, outspoken character and, and personality. Uh, but I'm a bit skeptical he'll work in the SEC. Uh, there's just so much depth in the conference. And even to make Mississippi State consistently say the fifth best team in the conference would be quite an achievement. And a lot of teams are now running somewhat similar offenses. So his doesn't necessarily stand out as much as it, it used to. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to be pulling, pulling for him and, and hoping to hear lots of cowbells in the future. Okay. Now we are to number six and this will probably get us a lot of crap. We have Ed Orgeron <laughs> of LSU. A lot less crap. We had him sixth, or at least Trey and I had him sixth last year, and I, I think we'll get less crap than we did then. That was a lot bolder take yeah. uh, last year than it is now. But I guess I, I've got an explanation, for, an explanation for this. I just get worried when a coach's reputation is primarily based on on one year, and it seems like the biggest reason they were so great that, that year was the addition of, of Joe Brady. And so without Joe Brady... And now without Dave Aranda, who he inherited, I want to see LSU consistently, you know, outperform what you'd expect from, from that program. Because 
Ed Orgeron inherited a program that was losing three or four games a year, and that got Les Miles fired. That wasn't good enough. And that's what Coach O has done every year except for 2019. And actually, this past year, 2020, he lost five games. And he does get some credit for hiring Joe Brady and just for leading that 2019 team. Like, that's why he's sixth on a list of really good coaches. But... I kind of think there was also some luck there, too, because a lot of his hires have not worked out. Uh, Matt Canada didn't work out. Steve Ensminger wasn't great until paired with Joe Brady. Bo Pelini this past season was a disaster. So, you know, I don't yeah. I don't say like, oh, wow, he's just a great – has this great ability to hire coordinators, and that's why he was successful. That seems to be more of an exception rather than the rule. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the recruiting is so great that he could – I could see them – LSU being a consistent top 10 type program under him. But on the flip side, I could also see it turning into kind of a mini Gene Chizik situation where, yeah, he just won a national title. But if they go like eight and four this year, he's, he's already on the hot seat. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, kind of teetering. Point. He's kind of teetering a bit because he's very easy to like. Like I, I root for him. Um, but it's, it's, um, what am I trying to say? That's just it's just kind of the the environment now, especially at LSU. Like it's win now or or else. And with with go, hiring a couple new off or coordinators this year, like that kind of shows he's 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 feeling the pressure a little bit. He needs to make the the right moves and, and fit them in the fit the puzzle piece as well. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I, with with Eddie O, I mean, uh, obviously winning the national title gives you a little bit of a, a, a some more leeway here. Yeah, I think if you give, um, you know, less miles, you know, if you spread out a national title here, there and there, you're good to go. You can win four, you lose four games, five games. Okay, great. But if you, you pop in at a great season every now and then, okay, we can forgive a few bad ones. So I think, you know, with him, hey, this past year, five and five, what wasn't the greatest, but it's also, we also knew at least, you know, the bros were very in consensus of this and really a lot of realistic folks. This was not going to be a good year for them this past yeah. year. Like they lost everything off of that great team. So they were knew there were going to be some struggles going five and five in the only SEC play. That's not that bad in a normal year. You know, if you go 500 in SEC, maybe you go eight, four type out of non-conference, something like that. So that's really not that bad. And so I'm, I'm thinking maybe some folks might be a little harsh on him. I've been a little higher than my bros on this one on Eddie O. I had him fifth. Um, but I do realize that one year it might be a little bit of an outlier yeah and and the other reason it was a challenge because we lead into to our number five guy lane kiffin uh of ole miss <laughs> and it was a challenge for me yeah you guys Doug, set yourselves up for this one I, i'm, I'm well, backing out on this yeah one. no <laughs> this I, was not michael me. and i we had kiffin over coach o and you know i wouldn't have batted an eye if it was the other way around um I just there's just a lot of positive energy and buzz around Kiffin and Ole Miss at the moment. They still have a long ways to go, but Lane ha- he has he's had a lot of success, even though he's been scrutinized consistently by the media. He recruited great at SC despite the sanctions. Wasn't given the greatest fair shot at, at Tennessee. Did great as an offensive coordinator at Bama. Great in his head coaching stint at FAU. Did I? What, well, did I the, the Tennessee. I think you you kinda... flipped your Tennessee and USC. I said yeah, SC. He, the, SC. he wasn't given a fair shot at Tennessee. Oh yeah, no, you didn't. But it, it wasn't I don't like know. the lo- it wasn't the longest. He, they didn't let it play out. Let's just put it that way. Well, he well, left. He, he left voluntarily. Out. Yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> I think they were so mad because it was like it was a promising start. The recruiting was yeah, really it actually good was. And, 
you know, he almost beat Bama year one. So I think they were, yeah, they were kind exactly. of excited. I'm, I'm trying to say left, it didn't, but. it didn't play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the narrative was that like, it was just, it didn't, it wasn't going to work at all. Whatever. Um, yeah, that's true. Now it is. Yeah. But his FAU stint was great. And then now, of course, the, the first year there was, there was some, uh, some positive momentum in, in year one. And I just, he's just a guy I'd be willing to kind of start my program with, uh, at, at this point, just seeing what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I just think he's a really good coach and a really good recruiter. And like you said, at FAU took over a horrendous program and won 11 games twice in three years. Um, Ole Miss quickly turned them into, you know, even in a COVID off season, somehow installed his offense enough to, have one of the best offenses in the country. You know, they, they went over on their season win total in year one. So, you know, there's still a lot to prove there, but so far so good. I just, I agree. Like, like you, if I'm starting a program or if I'm some random school, I would be more confident that he would have success because of his offensive prowess. And just, I really think he's the narrative. Like you say, is that he hasn't done well everywhere he's been, but I think it's the opposite. Like he's, I think for the most part, he has done well everywhere in college, and I'm a USC fan, and I think it's unfair. It's kind of painted that he flamed out there, but those those sanctions should have been crippling. Like, it's insane. Like, like yeah. losing 10 scholarships every single year, and yet he, he did okay. Yeah, he so, did. But that's, that's a yeah, long time I mean, ago anyway. But, no, I, I, I that part I hear. And I, I, I like Lane Kiffin as well. Um, I, I just have a hard time putting him over Eddie O, who has won a national title. I mean, that's... Ryan's just trying to save face for the LSU faithful out there. Yeah, I got you. I mean, a little no, bit, I, but I'm just also giving... I just appreciate that Eddie O, he has a lot of positives about him. He recruits really, really well. He's got a great, yeah. you know, he's a not a, he's not a bum. to come to play for him. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and, and I mean, you can't deny the fact that he did go 15-0. Uh, he is responsible. He, he was the head coach and decided to bring guys in for that. So I, I, I'm giving him credit. I'm giving him credit for that. that is the ultimate goal of college football, win a national title. Yeah. He's done it. Uh, okay. So I've Gene Chizik, number one. That. No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I don't expect Coach O to be Gene Chizik. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think Eddie is a little better than Gene Chizik. Uh, all right. Anyways, let's move on to uh, number four here. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, from Texas A&M. Uh, what a great, Number four here, uh, to have another guy that has won a national championship, albeit at Florida State. Um, he has done a remarkable job so far. And really this past year kind of just solidified, you know, the fact that he, he, he is on the right track. Uh, it wasn't the sexiest nine and one, uh, we've ever seen. Uh, but nine and one in SEC is, I mean, that's pretty sexy overall right uh, so <laughs> wow <laughs> hard to deny that one but he's 26 and 10 overall 17 and 8 in the sec at texas a&m here so uh the talent level i think is just obviously what you have to pay attention to it's clear and evident that they are recruiting on a far better level than ever before um they're recruiting on the level of you know the the georgia's almost the bama's they're relatively close to that level top five, top 10 type classes. So they're inevitably just going to be a top 25 program, eight, eight wins type minimum just because of all the talent. So, and it's all because of Jimbo. And I mean, of course, all the money that they're spending down there, but Jimbo has done a great job as far as coaching and supporting himself with a great staff. So, I mean, this is a, a very good fourth coach uh, in your conference. Yep. Anyone a national championship at Florida state. And for the most part, there was very good. Obviously, the last year didn't work out, but yeah, 
All right, number three on the list. And by the way, our top four were, we all agreed. We all had the exact same top four in the same order. And it's uh, Dan Mullen of Florida. He did a great job at Mississippi State for a long time and then took over a Florida program that, sure, had some talent, but they were coming off of a four and seven season. And he went 10 and three, 11 and two. So that's two straight top 10 finishes. And this past season, the record might not have ended up as great. They were eight and four, but they were clearly one of the best teams in college football. I mean, they made it to the SEC title game. Yeah, uh, went toe to toe with Bama. Everybody was, sat out in their bowl games. So. Yeah, so ignore the record. You know, you, they were very, very good this year yet again. So I mean, they they were like, if they had one more minute against Bama, they, they might have been in the playoffs. So. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, true. I mean, he just he just consistently wins. His Mississippi State days were great. I mean, even with the every year the talent or the QBs have turned over, he continues to thrive. Like no one thought Felipe Franks would be much. They won a New Year's Six game with him. Then Trask had to be kind of thrown into the fire when when Franks got hurt. <laughs> Trask ended up having two really amazing years. Uh, it's just he he continues to produce. Yeah, he does. All right, so that leads. To our number two, Georgia's Kirby Smart. Uh, you know, he, he obviously had a great track record as a D coordinator, but he's upped his game completely, uh, by recruiting his tail off at, at Georgia. Every near, every year now, they're near the top in the, in the country. Uh, he's four and one in bowl games now. He's finished the last four years in the top eight, uh, ranking wise. He was a play away, of course, from the winning the national title. 28 and 5 in SEC play the last four years. Projected to have another top five team this year. It's, it's just hard not to be on the, the Kirby train right now. Yeah, it really is. I feel like some people aren't though. Yeah. I, you know, for whatever reason, I'm like, I think what it's like a few play do? calls. Like he called a fake punt against Alabama that yeah. didn't work out or they, sure. you know, which you can find a couple plays here or there, but he has them, I think only behind. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. I feel like Georgia right now is the fourth most, fourth strongest program in college football, it feels like to me. You could argue Oklahoma's right there, but I don't know. I think I would take Georgia. And I think people also are like, how did you let Justin Fields get away? Not, not great, but like there, he's addressed, he knows that their offense hasn't been the greatest, so he, he got a new offensive coordinator last year and he's working to fix it. And they're still, they're still really good, so. They're still winning like 12 games every year, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just in the national title game with Jake Fromm. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, just bench Jake Fromm? Like, yeah. Know, yeah, uh, you could have, but like you said, they were a play away from winning it with him. So. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, I, I think you're just looking for reasons to doubt him or I agree. be down on him if that's it. Cause he's been, Fantastic. And, Fantastic. And like you say, looks to be addressing the one kind of maybe the last couple of years what held them back from a national title level was the offense. And it appears that he is committed to addressing that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll see JT Daniels. Hopefully he has a, a good year there too. He's obviously had a good finish. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to number one. Uh, Piss Creterson. Yes. Piss Creterson's number from, one. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> piss, piss, Creederson. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Saban, Alabama. I'm not even going to explain it. No, you don't need to. That is uh, yeah. an obvious just one. Put a, and I just put a goat logo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then let's uh, get to the final list here. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the SEC coaches? I mean, what's interesting in this in this group is there's. 
all 14 coaches, I, I can't say for sure that one of them is bad. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there are some new ones like Clark no. Lee, Shane Beamer, Josh Hypo, Brian Harson. I don't know. Maybe they could be really good. They've had previous success in the past. They could be really good. I just think it's clearly the best group of coaches um, that there is in any conference. Uh, it's deep. They've had success in the past. There are some relative new coaches. Uh, you know, obviously they have a lot of money down there. Uh, they spend a ton to to be successful, but you know, we don't. We try not to be too SEC biased, I guess, on this podcast. We try to cover the whole nation, but we are smart enough to realize, or realistic enough to realize, they are the best conference for a reason. Yep, and uh, I, I would agree with everything you said there. And as far as who's most likely to rise on this list, when I'm looking at the bottom there. I feel like Sam Pittman, he's, he couldn't have got off to much more promising start. I mean, there's, there's a difference from getting, you know, bad to competitive and then competitive to good. That's yeah, probably exactly. a harder jump. And they did have talent on the roster. It just like wasn't being used at all, but they've recruited decently. But, uh, but still, I mean, extremely promising start and I could easily see him, you know, climbing the, r- the rungs. Yep. And then just to go along with kind of what Ryan's saying, I think the, the top four, like the depth at the top, the top, that the, the top is as strong as any other conference. Usually at the other conferences we've looked at, the top two, maybe three are kind of set in stone, but here it's like the top four are just ridiculous. I mean, yep. Jimbo number four would be one or two in most yeah. of some of these other conferences. So yeah, pretty strong at the top. Alrighty. Well, thanks for watching uh, and listening to Head Coach Rankings Week. Looking forward to hearing from LSU fans about putting Coach O over over Lane Kiffin. Although maybe after this past year, maybe some of them are wavering, but maybe not. Uh, he did he did go fifteen and zero, so I can understand it. Uh, be sure to subscribe uh, on YouTube because we have a YouTube only episode coming tomorrow where we're just gonna. Put all these coaches in the same pool and including G5 and independent coaches. So Brian Kelly will get a mention and we'll do the, the overall top 20 head coaches in college football. So be sure to check that out. We'll see you then. Hashtag piss Creerson. <laughs> You've been watching the college football bros. Be sure to subscribe here on YouTube and in your podcast app for college football content all year round. For bonus episodes and access to our Discord chat, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash college football bros. Thanks for watching. Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm.